The Pitt Panthers men's basketball team had a terrible loss over the weekend, blowing a double-digit lead to a less-than-mediocre Wake Forest team. This loss leaves Pitt fans with a bad taste in their mouths, questioning if this team can really be competitive in the ACC this season. We take a look at that loss and more on this week's Hail to Pitt podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of January 11th. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. This is it, 2020. It's lit, and all I want to do is hail to pit. Disappointing end of the regular season last year for the Panthers, but they rebounded with a quick lane bowl victory. Pat Narduzzi's first over Eastern Michigan. Very dramatic game. And now Hoops is going to take the spotlight too. It's 2020. It is a new day. And all I want to say is hail to Pitt, baby. Pam, happy new year. Happy new year, Alan. Are you ready for a new year and a new day for the Pitt Panthers? All I see is bright sunshine on the horizon. I hope so. It didn't start off too good for <laughs> for some of the Pitt Panthers teams here in the new year. But hopefully uh, the... Second half of January can be a little bit better. Yeah, I'm I'm just already looking to the end of 2020 for Pitt basketball because that Wake Forest game, for as relieved as I was for the Eastern Michigan win for football, the anger and rage at that loss, I can't even begin to tell you. Why is no one passing the ball to Ryan Murphy? We're going to talk about it, and we're going to get into some football, a lot of housekeeping to do with the end of that season Vince it is a it is a fun time of year now that we get to exhale from football and really get optimistic for basketball yeah a lot of ups and downs there uh, uh over the past couple weeks and it did not look good over the weekend uh but hopefully coach Capel will be able to kind of right the ship here and get a, get uh put a, put that bad loss behind them get them you know going in the right direction yeah, because for as bad as that loss was, the fact that, you know, they I felt like they dominated at times. Ugh, I, I'm just happy that Pitt has Jeff Capel, and I'm happy for Pat Narduzzi, and I'm happy that you're all joining us this week, and hopefully all of 2020 to Hail to Pitt. Remember, you can follow us at H2P Show on Twitter, Hail to, Hail to Pitt Podcast, that's the number two, Hail to Pitt Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we appreciate any feedback you give us on the Apple podcast reviews. If you hit us up on social media or on one of the forums on Reddit or Panther Lair, we're everywhere. And we're talking pit with you and wishing you a very happy, happy new year. And we would like to tell you that we're brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com right now if you want to start this year off with your own podcast. Maybe you think... New Year's resolution. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on a microphone and speak my mind all about the relevant issues of the day. 
and you're going to do a show every week, but you need someone to help you do the technical stuff, you go to prettyeasypodcast.com and they'll do just that at a low, low rate. Prettyeasypodcast.com. All right, where are we starting, Pam? Football, basketball? You want to talk about uh, the new semester and my classes? What do you want to do here? As much as I want to hear all about your classes, I think let's start with a quick lane bowl. Let's get that housekeeping, as you say, out of the way. Let's put the quick lane bowl to rest finally. And um, then let's get into some pit football news after that. So, All right. Let's go quick lane bowl. The quick lane bowl. I watched uh, full disclosure on my telephone sitting at a fancy dinner with my family who was all in town for the holidays. <laughs> And uh, I had it under, I watched the whole thing though. I had it under the tablecloth. No one saw me. So I wasn't rude, but I was thrilled the entire time. What a back and forth game. Yeah. Uh, back and forth, maybe for the wrong reasons <laughs> at a lot of times. Uh, the Panthers yeah, struggled, uh, especially early on in this game when you know, maybe they shouldn't have. Uh, but they did, you know, get things on the right track. Yeah, and they eventually came out with the win at the end of the ball game, uh, thanks to a Kenny Pickett-led long game-winning touchdown drive. Yeah, the defense though, this is especially early on in the game. That just it it was a little disappointing to see the defense play the way they did, especially against a MAC team in um, in Eastern Michigan. But the defense, the past few games, kind of. Do you think they've ran out of steam? Do you think that's what happened down the stretch for the the Panthers defense? Because they had to carry this team so many times. Yeah, they were just worn out. Totally could tell that. I don't I mean, I feel like the gas tank was still they were one of the best in the country in terms of a team that could go for four quarters, but just I think the will and energy uh that they had, you know, way back in the UCF win, that was totally gone by the end of this year because of just how much weight they had to carry and really what they were playing for. What were they playing for to not be embarrassed? Uh, so I, you definitely saw that reflected in the defense. Uh, you saw players that had the fire. I'm not questioning any of that, but I'm just saying you as a unit, they obviously were not playing their best. The, the thing I was most excited, I was still real. I was actually kind of upset at this game as well uh, because they didn't run the ball at all, which we talked about beforehand, but I believe, Pam, there was only one offensive line penalty in this entire game by Pitt, at least by my count. Yeah, they really cleaned it up on that end, um, for sure. T- uh, uh, definitely an area of weakness throughout the year. That was something positive, um, especially for the offensive line and all offensive players um, to build upon that. So whatever they did to stay focused enough to not move and not have any pre-snap motion or illegal shifts. They need to do that before every game. Yes, do more of that. Uh, And they still didn't run the ball, though. Vincent Davis, uh, 69 yards. That's all all he was able to muster against Vince, one of the worst-run defenses in the country. Yeah, uh, 69 yards on 15 carries for Vincent Davis. This was finally a game where he was the feature back, uh, although they still didn't run very much i mean there just wasn't uh just not a big commitment to the running game and you know that's been uh kind of the story all season but uh he does seem like a pretty good running back i i would say uh i'm not saying he's you know uh 
the end-all be-all, but I think he he's shown that he could be a very good player and can make some things happen when given the chance. I hope next season that they, they give him the chance a little bit more. Uh, Pam, what do you think? You've been beating the drum for this guy all season. Uh, what did you think of? Yeah, and I think he's someone that needs more than three to four carries a game. I think he needs to – he's a very quick athletic guy, and pairing him with A.J. Davis or – I think we even saw when they didn't have Todd Sibley, um, you know, Alan, you said a guy that can fall forward, always getting those positive yards. I think um, Vincent Davis is that great change of pace and he's explosive. And sometimes you need someone to hit that hole and go, and that's what he can do or break a tackle on the outside by pure speed. So I'd like to see him be the guy with some of those other guys featured as well, but see him get more carries than he has this year and have a greater commitment to the run. Yeah. I think we saw enough out of Vincent Davis that we should have some, you know, enthusiasm and uh, be positive on the outlook of the rest of his career at the university of Pittsburgh. Um, This year he wasn't, you know, one of the greatest freshmen ever to go out there and run the ball, but he showed flashes and he just wasn't really relied upon as much as we thought he maybe he he should have been. So that's a good thing if you're talking about a young player who is probably or can only earn more trust from the coaching staff, you would assume. Um, So I'm, I'm excited for what his future holds and Honestly, I got to say, talking to, you know, all the family who are in town, paying more attention to Pitt and, and, you know, in the bowl game and talking to them and talking to people around town, uh, myself, the fact that Kenny Pickett's coming back, I'm shocked that I feel like it's a mostly positive thing. People feel that Pitt's getting him another year because people liked what they saw out of him, I guess. I mean, he he's a competitor. I just don't think he's a... Yeah, he didn't lose. He wasn't responsible for many of the losses, I would say. You're right, Pam. And, and well, I'll say this: he was also responsible for some of the wins. Yeah, I mean, he he led several game-winning touchdown drives uh, at the end of the game, including this one right here. Uh, he was you know 27 for 39, 361 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, you know, this, you know, did he play great every single game of the season? No, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but I thought this was a pretty good game that he played. Uh, we'll be getting into a, a Twitter question later on uh, talking about, uh, our, our, you know, who was the best player for the offense and, and defense. Uh, we'll be talking about this a little later on. But I think he's definitely got to be considered with how good he played. And I, I think he played very well in, in this ball game here. I do too. I do too. But I, there's the one the one issue I have. It's not with Kenny Pickett. It's with Mark Whipple. I feel like he likes him too much, or he just wants him to do everything. I don't know what the deal is. But will Mark Whipple be having Kenny Pickett throw more than any quarterback in the country next year, Pam? Because I oh, even I hope even not. even as much as I like Kenny Pickett, I don't want that to happen. No, because we have the talent. And we don't have, I don't think we have the talent at receiver to do that either, or talent at tight end. We're not an air, Mike Leach air raid offensive scheme. Our, our team is not designed for that. So run the ball um, a little bit more. But I do think it's more positive also because um, Pitt fans have had some ups and downs with some stopgap one year quarterback like a 
what was his name? Like a Max Brown, right? And yeah. he got hurt. And the Ben Denucci. So they like the consistency and the consistency with Mark Whipple as well and seeing what they can do. Mark Whipple's not not going to win any awards in the city of Pittsburgh, I don't think. But I do think uh, that consistency would be important. I think maybe that's why it's a little bit more positive. And like you said, Kenny, especially as the year went on, didn't make those big mistakes. And he did improve from the year before, which at times looked really bad. Tremendous improvement. So I think if he can make a similar improvement going into his final year, um, that's what people have to be optimistic about. The the thing not to be optimistic about, though, you kind of alluded to it, though, Pam. He's coming back. He's going to be the best he's been. But in his last year, I would say, at least skill position-wise, he's probably going to be working with the least amount of proven talent he's ever had. I don't know, though, because I do – yes, because French will not be there next year, and he was, like, his go-to guy. But they need to use Shockey Jack Louis. I think he's more talented than the – then they've been able to use him towards the end of the year. They, you saw more Jared Wayne. I don't know if we've seen enough out of him. I definitely think there's, yes, maybe his skill position guys are going to be a little bit less, but these, especially using some of these running backs a little bit more another year under their belt. Um, and maybe relying on some more tight ends. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be as big of a drop off. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, Maurice French is a, you know, a very good player, but, you know, he is not a, you know, it's not like we're talking about Larry Fitzgerald here, you know, so I, I, so I think the other players, the other receivers, Pam, you named a few of them, uh, those guys becoming more prominent roles next year, I think is going to be a good thing. You know, a tight end, uh, we're going to have several of them that are transferring in. Oh, Most God. likely, those two guys are going <laughs> to be the main the main players at, at the position. Tight ends that could catch the ball. I think that you know can improve the offense tremendously. Yeah, it would. So, but we've been waiting for that for a while, Vince. I, well, I, I I know what you're saying. It is unproven, but it, we weren't obviously getting it done with the guys that we had. So you know, uh, you need some sort of shakeup. You know, you know, you just. You can't just keep going middle of the road like this. Well, I, I'm going to say uh, in in Yenzer fashion to quote uh, my one of my uncles I was talking to on Christmas a couple of weeks ago, Pitt would have won some of them games if they had a tight end who could catch the ball. So it all goes down to the tight ends this past season. Sum it all up, Nakia Griffin-Stewart, 100% of the blame goes on him, Pam, according to my uncle. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, football more than anything is a team sport. So I don't know about that, but it definitely was the weakest part of this team. Yep. You can see that, the weakest position group. Yep. That, but the, 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 the good thing about the Pitt Panthers is the uh, strongest parts of their team, I would say, are coming back. Three players yeah. in particular, Vince. This might have been the best, the best present any of us as Pitt fans got over the holidays. Yeah, Patrick Jones, Jalen Twyman, and Paris Ford all returning. I, I think this was rather expected, but you know, you hear rumblings that these guys are you know, testing the water, so to speak. You think Paris uh, Ford or Jalen Twyman could play in the XFL right now? Oh yeah, 
yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any, uh, <laughs> any question about that. Um, thank goodness uh, the draft was way earlier uh, this this year. Um, but you know, these three guys are going to be returning. They are the cornerstones of this dif- defense, uh, particularly Twyman and and, and Ford, uh, two eight all conf- first team all conference players. Uh, you're going to have those guys coming back, plus hopefully a healthy Keyshawn Camp. And hopefully a, a healthy uh, Rashad Weaver as well. Uh, that that could be a potentially very dynamite defense. Uh, that defensive line, uh, we'll certainly we'll be talking about it. Uh, you know, uh, in the spring practice and certainly next year in the fall. Uh, but these guys, this could be a potentially very very good defense. There's obviously. Uh, certain positions that they're going to have to fill like linebacker, uh, maybe another safety, but you know, you got your best players coming back and these are guys that were already playing at an all all conference level. And I think they could be even performing at an all American level next year. Yep. Let's just hope that there's also someone who could fill that Kylan Johnson role because I do not want to, I feel he was really overlooked this season. That was a tremendous pickup. Uh, and leadership and consistency all season long, Pam. Someone like that to go along with these guys next season. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing. He, I mean, not a good thing he was overlooked, but I think that just spoke to the strength, especially of that defensive line, Mm -hmm. that they were the leaders up towards the top of the nation in sacks. And um, Paris Ford had explosive ways and explosive plays throughout the year, and he did it in explosive ways. But uh, I – I think uh, Johnson was overlooked, but he was a solid player um, and really held down that linebacking crew. A linebacking core that we had questions about. I mean, I particularly did going into this year. So we'll see if uh, they can fill that void. Yes. Let's let's uh, hope that the defense is even better next year. I still don't know how. I don't know how much better they could get. Need to score, Mark Whipple. That's what we're going to be talking about all offseason. But uh, – Let's think about a couple of years down the road, Vince, because there could be an interesting quarterback battle for the Panthers on the horizon after the Kenny Pickett era ends. Yeah, we haven't had a good old-fashioned quarterback battle in a long time here, and uh, a new new horse has been added to the race. A new challenger Uh, has entered the room. Yeah, yeah, that that you know that countdown clock was on and it hit zero. And my goodness, here comes Joey Yellen from Arizona State. Uh, this ah! guy, yeah, Sorry. we're yeah. all going to be yelling for this guy. <laughs> uh, come 2021, I will be for sure. Uh, as he as he battles with as of right now, Davis Bevel, Bevel and Nick Patty, uh, and this guy, a, a freshman. This past year at Arizona State, he had to compete with a co- couple other freshmen there. Uh, only really played in one game, started a game against Southern Cal, lost the game, but did throw for 292 yards, 63% completion percentage. That's not too shabby. Uh, this kid, Allen, um, a top 20 quarterback prospect out of high, out of high school, Mission Viejo High School, Allen, uh, a, a, a huge powerhouse there in yep. South, Southern California. Uh, so this guy, you know, he comes from from good stock, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, he can step in here and compete. He'll be here in the spring, so we'll uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a look at him uh, in spring practice this year, and hopefully he just soaks up all the knowledge from Coach Whipple, learns the offense, and is ready to battle it out in 2021. 
Yep, the long the long line of ballers from Mission Viejo, the house that Mark Sanchez made famous. Joey Yellen now on his football journey coming to Pittsburgh, and I just love it that I mean what we've seen out of Nick Patty is game manager, and I think he's got you know enough athletic ability. I can't wait to see what Bevel's got, and then now you throw Joey Yellen in the mix. This is I think uh, a good problem to have after Kenny Pickett is done. And the best part about all three of them is they all three have great names, Pam. Bevo, yeah. Yellen, and Patty. Absolutely. Um, this is not really related to Pitt, but just want to throw some news out there for Whoopi old fans out there. Um, it was announced today that uh, local prospect Phil Jerkovic, uh, who went to Notre Dame, is en- entering the transfer portal. So a name out there from oh, um, Pine, Richland. Pine Richland, thank you, that um, – committed to Notre Dame and was on the Notre Dame team. Uh, it was announced today that he is entering the transfer portal. So just a little whippy uh news for yeah. fo- for quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Too. I mean, it would be tremendous news if Pitt could add a guy like him. No, he's uh, yeah. four quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. No way. That's, that's definitely, but I just want to share that news for any whippy fans out oh, there who well, followed Jerkovic's uh, recruitment and everything. Yeah, I so. appreciate you sharing that information. I, I'd say it's very unlikely he would end up here. Didn't really give Pitt a good sniff whenever uh, whenever he was in high school. Um, but yeah, and so I would assume that this means that Pitt is not going to be uh, handing out a scholarship to a, a high school senior quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, did not sign one in the early signing period. I, I would say adding Yellen kind of all but confirms that they're not going to sign one uh, uh, in the traditional signing period, which I think is fine. Fine. Uh, As long as it wasn't, I was just hoping against, you know, it being one of those grad transfers or something like a guy who's been around that just is, you know, one of the, like a, like an Alex Hornibrook, mediocre quarterback. Joey Yellen's got, got promise and still, you know, has a lot of uh, growing to do. So that's a good thing. It's basically like scoring a recruit. Yeah, and, and Ke- yeah, Ke- Kenny Pickett's your guy next year. So, so th- there is going to be no uh, graduate transfer. Yeah, uh, c- coming the to pick. backup. You don't uh, need that. Now, now, you know, in a year down the road, uh, you know, depending on what how they feel about these three individuals, I suppose that that's possible. But Miles My- Brennan, of- maybe <laughs> or. <laughs> Bo that's way off in the that's way off in the future at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, for now, Pitt's got enough quarterbacks. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were thinking the future might be bleak, but the future after Kenny Pickett might be pretty good. Um, other news: house cleaning. Uh, you know, with the end of the year, people come and go. Wide receiver Cameron O'Neill will be transferring. Pam. Yeah, not much to report on Cameron O'Neill. He didn't really play at all for yeah. Pitt. Yeah, uh, just a, a receiver. You know, a couple uh, classes ago, uh, Coach Narduzzi had brought in. You know, it seemed like he was bringing in several receivers every year, and uh, a couple of these guys just have not uh, risen to the top. And Mr. O'Neill's gonna gonna be uh, leaving the program. I expect there to be more. I hate to speculate on on kids' futures, so we don't we won't do that here. But that is a crowded wide receiver room, especially with uh, three, maybe even four uh, wide receivers coming in 
in this true freshman class that we're very hyped about. So uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, scholarship board watch that we'll be doing uh, over the next couple months. And that's what we will be doing over the next couple of months is watching transfer portals and 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 scholarship amounts, you know, or allotments and, and uh, recruiting and all that because the season's over and uh, we're going into, well, Vince's favorite part of the college football season is all the speculation and the cultivating of talent. This is where the bag men start doing their work. So here we go. Pitt, not that Pitt has any bag men, of course not. But let's uh, let's put football to rest now for just a, a little bit. Uh, we'll, hopefully we'll have some news to talk about next week. But it's all about hoops now, Pam. Let hoops take the spotlight. What a big week. Pitt starting the year off with a devastating loss. But the good thing, Jeff Capel going to stick around for a while. Yeah, it was announced actually today on Wednesday when we recorded that uh, Jeff Capel has signed a two-year extension with Pitt, um, and it runs through the 2026-2027 season now. All right, so through 2027, Jeff Capel in charge of Pitt men's hoops. I think that's plenty of time to get men's basketball back to where it once was, and you know, with the talent they have now, no one's really expecting too much, but hopefully uh, some overachieving. They showed flashes of it against Wake Forest, but let's hark back to that loss. There there was flashes of it, but at the end, they, they blew it, lost by four, a game in which they were up by 16 at, at one point, Vince. Yeah, uh, it seemed like, you know, things were all going according to plan. Uh, uh, Murphy, he was hot in that first half. Uh, finished with 18 points, but it just seemed, you know, towards the end of that first half, they gave up this huge lead, just big scoring droughts. And then in the second half, uh, kind of more of the same, just, you know, kept pace. And then down the end, several opportunities to get a, a, a go ahead bucket and just couldn't yeah. do it. You know, let, let's let the, I know that these youngsters playing for a pit probably have no idea who Carl Krauser was or or don't understand the impact of a Brandon Knight at the University of Pittsburgh or know what Levance Fields meant to his team. But the thing about those guys were they were floor generals who took the ball at the ends of games and, and they did what they had to do with the ball. And if they had to chuck it up, they would. They would hog it. But they earned that right because they balled out. I don't think Pitt has a guy like that. And at the end of this Wake Forest game, you saw two knuckleheads acting like they were those kinds of players. And there was another player who was absolutely on fire and wide open in this game at the end of the game, and they didn't feed him the ball. What's up with that, uh, Pam? You got Johnson yeah, and McGowan's they're... acting like goofballs at the end of that. On back-to-back possessions towards the end of the game, I mean, we can talk about if we – want as well as how they blew that lead um they just weren't scoring consistently and it seemed at times they fell asleep on the defensive end there but at the end of the game they there was no way they should have lost that game um on back-to-back possessions those guys had selfish shots there was four people on them and they wanted to be the hero when in reality if they just passed it and they could have passed it back there was plenty of time on the shot clock 
just pass it around, cut to the basket, drive and kick. I mean, there are so many options there. And back-to-back possessions, they had a chance. And they could not get a a decent shot up. If they got a decent shot up and missed it, that's fine. But these were these were horrific shots and these were undisciplined offensive sequences at the end of the game. Yeah, these guys are good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but they're not that good. They're, they, you know, in this crunch time situations, they haven't been able to create the good shots that they need to. You know, you you if could, they missed a good shot, we wouldn't yeah. be here yelling it, into a microphone. Yeah, yeah. The the shots that they got off were, were not good. And when when better stuff could have been had. And it's not like it was under, you know, ex, uh an extreme time crunch. You know, they had time to to work some possession and, and get a good shot, get other people involved. Uh, but just so disappointing to 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 see that. And and I could see, you know, if it was one possession, maybe you wouldn't be nearly as upset, but it was multiple, almost three in a row. Ugh. It was horrible, especially just seeing that Ryan Murphy standing there. He was hitting threes earlier in the game. He would have had some wa- uh, hard to watch, hard to watch. Hero ball is never good ball. Um, I can't wait to see how they bounce back in just 20 minutes. From this recording, when we finish, we're going to watch Pitt take on UNC. I mean, uh, a huge, huge game on the road. Going to be tough, but, uh, you know, I think Pitt, from what we saw against Wake Forest in that first half at least, I think they have the chops to compete more so than they did last year in the ACC. I'm starting to believe in that. I'm, I'm ready for my heart to be broken a lot this year, but I think competitive basketball is is what we're going to get out of this team. They're a young team, and they're going to make stupid mistakes, but this is where we hope that as the year goes on, they don't make those same stupid mistakes over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you got these wild horses out there, and they need to be corralled in order to uh, to you know win in this league. Yeah, they could be competitive with the where they're playing, but they need they need to be uh, you know put under control here a little bit. And, and this game against North Carolina, you know, you'll see that they're. I don't think they're going to be totally outmatched, especially no, North- with uh, uh, with um, the freshman Anthony Hurt, uh, that North Carolina's best player. And, and Coach Roy Williams came out this week. He said, "Hey, you know, this is my least talented team <laughs> that I've had here at North Carolina." Uh, so I don't know if that's him just trying to light a fire uh, uh, under his team. Well- but I didn't. I didn't read the full context. But is that with or without Cole Anthony? Because yeah. Cole Anthony, by some projections, is going to be a top five, top three. Yeah. Pick, yeah. So. Well, you know, maybe he's talking top to bottom. I, I don't know. know. But uh, you know, he's just blowing smoke. Well, well, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, North Carolina has struggled a little bit this year. I think Pitt can uh, can stay. You know, with them a little bit. I just don't think that they have enough. And one final thing I want to point out here is you know wake forest was a team that was a game that Pitt had to have at home if they were going to hope to even think about getting an ncaa tournament berth or an nit tournament berth uh now you know losing an easy one at home you're going to have to go and you're going to have to upset some people 
uh, where you're not supposed to. And, and tonight would be an excellent place to start. Yeah, we're not going to spend any more time on UNC because <laughs> by the time you listen to this, we Game's could over. be made fools and they could be yeah. have blown out by 30 or they could have blown UNC out. But after UNC game, the next game is on Sunday against the U. Yep, Sunday night against Miami and uh, the Pitt, Pitt ACC schedule has commenced. It is a full full board now. And yeah. uh, Jeff Capel now ha- has, uh, I guess, two years of added of added a cushion runway, but also the pressure's on because this, yeah. the university has now shown the commitment to him and he needs to go start getting results yeah. and developing this particular team. Yeah, and you know, at, at they play Miami, like you said, on, on Sunday, Pam, and then on Tuesday they're going to be playing against Louisville at home. Louisville, uh, a, a very strong team. It would be really nice if they could win one of these next three games. I think that would show uh, s- some excellent progress there, um, especially given the, the disastrous result last Saturday. Yep, so look forward to next week. We'll get to recap this UNC game, the Miami game, and a Louisville game for Pittman's basketball. Also, uh, quick news, uh, Jalen Hushfino, four-star, 2022 class, Pam. Top 20 score, possibly, for the Pitt Panthers, uh, six foot four, hundred eighty five pound guard from North Carolina. Yeah, he's actually from Penn Hills, but just goes to school down in Charlotte, um, down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is the best recruit Pitt has gotten since Stephen Adams um, across the board. Yeah, in, in terms, it's not even close. In terms of rankings, uh, you know, we talked about. Uh, you could go back into the archives and listen. We talked about some of the recruits. Uh, Coach Capel was signed for for uh, the uh, 2021 class or 2021 class, uh, and it's looking like he's bringing in some some more talented players each and every year. And this is certainly the highest ranked guy that he has so far. Uh, he's got uh, this guy's got offers from Clemson, Florida, Ole Miss, Virginia Tech. Uh, still fairly young, so I'm imagine more more and more offers are going to be coming in for this kid, uh, but. Certainly strong, uh, a strong guard ACC caliber player is, is, is something that this team uh, needs. You cannot have enough of. And, and this is an excellent place to start. Yeah, and his uncle was a legendary player in the Whippeo and played at West Virginia. Yeah, and at one time, uh, he tr- I believe he wanted to transfer from West Virginia to Pitt, just couldn't get it to work out. Do work, Jeff Capel. Score some crutes, but also rain in those wild horses let's see an end of a game where bonehead plays aren't made please hey pit women's hoops had a good showing against notre dame pam fought hard against the well i, I guess muffet mcgraw's team's not what it used to be but still no this this is not the notre dame team and that's understandable considering they had all five starters drafted into the WNBA last year but still notre dame is very talented Young players have uh, one or two transfers as well. And Pitt was in this game the whole time. Um, they played, they continued to play good. Um, they were they were outmatched. Notre Dame's talented. Um, Muffet's a legend for a reason. Gabby Green did well. Amber Brown, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, did good. And Rita, Rita Igbakwe also did well. Um, 
The problem in this Notre Dame loss and then also to Boston College was this team could not score at the end. When they needed to get that bucket down the stretch, they could not. And it was incredibly frustrating to watch, especially in this Boston College game. Um, their defense their defense is there. And Amber yeah. Brown is going to be a star in the ACC. I'm telling you right now. She was yeah. freshman of the week. She controls the defensive end. But this team is struggling to score right now. Yeah, yeah. Braun and Abakwe, I, I was very impressed with how they were playing uh, on the inside. Abakwe blocking some shots. Amber Brown just uh, very tenacious on defensively and rebounding. You know, they're obviously not very polished offensive players uh, at this point in time. Uh, but they're showing that kind of fight and spirit that you got to have at this point. It would just be nice to get some scoring to go with Gabby Green out there and it really shows that they just they just don't have that part of the game and teams are focusing in on gabby green especially towards the end of the game and um these other plays need to step up or they just need to be more consistent hitting shots but the great thing is this team is in these games and so if they can get some maybe some more offensive creativity or just make some of those shots in the second half of the fourth quarter they're going to win some games here their next game is this thursday night against an 11-3 and Virginia Tech team, which is going to be a tough matchup for them. They they have a week off, and they play Clemson, who's uh, a bottom team in the ACC as well. So I look for Pitt to be competitive that following week against Clemson, but we'll take a look at that game next week. Yeah, so Pitt women's basketball still trying to find that scoring touch. Like we said at the beginning of the year, who's going to make, you know, the, who's going to hit the long ball on this team? Still trying to figure it out, but uh, the growing pains are, uh, well, I guess they're not as heartbreaking. It's not like, you know, devastating, like pit women's hoops is looking okay, showing flashes, but still, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're slumming it and, you know, they're bottom, bottom of the ACC, but you see the glimpses and Amber Brown, like you said, Pam, huge, huge to get that freshman ACC player of the week for them. And uh, we look forward to talking about those games coming up, Virginia Tech, Clemson, uh, a, a week off before Clemson, big games for Pitt women's basketball as well. All right, hoops out of the way. Now we can get into what some people are saying about Pitt sports out there. Uh, first, let's go to the interwebs online. Everyone's talking about Pitt football's big win against Eastern Michigan and Arduzzi getting that monkey off his back and also about basketball and their state as they go into the new year. What did we pick though from all the online chatter on the internet? Let's find out right now. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. Well, the first thing we found are Pittsburgh Panthers. That would be Reddit. It's a website that people talk about things on, and it's very fun. And they talk about Pitt Panther sports there. And, well, Alvarez09 was talking about basketball and said, I like Capel, but days like this, the Wake Forest loss, make me really hate Scott Barnes and this fan base for driving off Dixon. I think Capel will eventually get us to a good spot, but I said it then, and I still say it today. 
pushing him out will go down as one of the worst decisions in Pitt Athletics history. Vince, are we still feeling that Jamie Dixon loss? I, I'm not. Uh, you know, it, it, it. sometimes you got to get worse before you could get better. Um, and yeah, Jamie Dixon did did not want to be here. Uh, and, and he he was looking for ways out of town long before Scott Barnes showed up. And, you know, this guy was a great coach at one point, but then became a very stale coach here. And, and I saw no way to make it back to the top with he Jamie looked- Dixon. So I, I'm not I'm not sweating this at all. Uh, yeah, we're going through some rough times and, and that's too bad. But I think at, at the end, of uh, when it's all said and done, we're going to come out of the smoke looking pretty good. He left the tank empty there too. In yeah. terms of he did. He really did. Yeah, it's like, he was ready to move on, and it, I think it's going to work out better for both parties. I want to know what what would have J.B. Dixon have done in that game at the end that Jeff Capel couldn't. He, it's not he, like he was, told them to hold the ball yeah. and get a shot clock violation. <laughs> yeah. Boring offense. Play boring uh, half court offense and throw it up with someone's hand in your face. What would he have done? Come on. Um, Probably had some good recruits, maybe, but not by the end, like you said, Pam. Uh, not, yeah. not as, and and when he did have great recruits, did he really even use them? I mean, it, <laughs> he had Stephen Adams here, who's a, you know, a, a tremendous center in the NBA. Uh, what would you say, Pam? Maybe probably one of the top fifteen at his position. Um, he's so, starting to decline a little bit here. He's starting to show some wear and tear, even at his young age. But at his peak, he was top top 10 center at least yeah and you know just uh you know uh ship passing in the night here <laughs> just so so disappointing you know it's it's like if you have a car and you're just not changing the oil and you know irresponsible uh, rotating the tires yeah just not good this next one's on twitter and this comes from at h2p hail razors badass twitter handle love it who said who's your offense and defense mvp Let's start off with you, MVP. Who you got, Pam? Offense and defense. Um, I'm going to go defense first. I'm doing Twineman. He disrupted everything up front for that team um, and forced quarterbacks to be in bad positions all year. I mean, you could pick a number of guys, I believe, on the defensive side of the ball, but I believe it started up front with Twineman there. Offense, I guess you could go pick it. Um, French at times as well, but I think the only option here is Kenny Pickett, right? <laughs> I guess. Well, I'll, that's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't sound very well, good about it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: I, I, I am picking him for the MVP, and I do feel good about it. And I'll tell you something right now: you know, if it wasn't for all the drop passes that that Pitt had this year, especially in crucial situations like on third down, and then. All of the you know the pre-snap penalties and, and all that nonsense, you know, people would be talking about you know how Kenny Pickett was instead of him just being a little bit better than last year, they would have talked about how he was so much better uh-huh. than than last year. They would have been talking about how the offense was so much better than last year. Pitt probably would have won uh, at least two more games. I would wager. And people would be extremely hyped for for next year. Uh, I, I think this guy played pr- pretty good given the circumstances. And you know, 
most valuable player. It's hard to say what we have behind him in, in Davis Bettable and Nick Patty. Um, but the fact that those guys hardly played this season, uh, I think that kind of sums it up. Well, I, I blame Kenny Pickett would have it wrapped up, but I blame you, Gabe Hoy and, and, and Nakia Griffin Stewart for not getting for Kenny not having a hundred percent of my confidence in the offensive player of the year. So I'm just gonna give it to Nick Patty for stepping in in the UCF game and uh and delivering the goods when he was needed. That he's my MVP I, just for that. I moment. never thought about that. Yeah. But that's an interesting So interesting I'll go comment. I'll go Patty and Twyman. There we go. And uh, we thank at H2P Hail Razors on Twitter. Um, I love it. That's the Pitternet. Everyone's still talking. And uh, we'll see what we get out of everyone online next week. But now it's time to get into the real world, step out of virtual reality, Vince, and uh, see what all these people around Pittsburgh are saying about the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people around talking around town talking about uh, basketball and, and that's always one of my favorite things here in Pittsburgh. People talk <laughs> about basketball. Oh my God. Could you imagine if there was an NBA team here? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, As someone who has come from and grew up in an NBA city. No, I could not imagine it. I know. I mean, we, at least, but the good thing is all the hoops attention goes to the Pitt Panthers. So let's hear what they're saying. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. You see, Pitt couldn't even beat Wake Forest. How can you beat up sixteen and lose? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I just don't know about this team. I don't know about Capel either. You know, maybe we should bring Ben Highland back. Yeah, or maybe get like Jerome Brown or Chevy Trapman to be the assistants. I know Ramon Foster is probably going to be the next head coach, though, I bet. It could work under him. Yeah, I see him sitting courtside all the time. Hail to Pitt. What the are That's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, a lot of disappointment off, off of that Wake Forest loss. Hopefully the Panthers are going to be are going to be bouncing back. Uh, and really get this college hoop season rolling. Uh, we do got to talk about one last college football game. Oh, real quick uh, some- before before we go to the big the big game, uh, Vince. Uh, also, I heard Yinzer's also saying uh, over the break that if Mark Whipple was on the Steelers staff, uh, they would have been in the playoffs if he was the quarterbacks coach for for uh, the Duck. Do you agree? I don't know if the duck could run back and forth to the sideline as often as uh, Whipple would allow would make him do that. Maybe I would have bought that if they would have said if Kenny Pickett was quarterback for the Steelers instead of the duck, they would have made the playoffs. Oh, and I, I would have bought it. I did. same here, same here. All right, let's talk about some really, really, really good college football teams. Yeah, yeah, we got one final game, Alan, uh, the national championship. Oh, college football. Don't you dare be sour and clap for all these Tigers in the national championship game. Ed Orgeron, Coach O, the most exciting, fun, hilarious, hype head coach in all of college football, gets to be on the biggest stage going for that crystal ball against the the world's so-called smartest head coach, Dabo Sweeney. It's going to be a very, very fun affair. 
LSU and Clemson. It is a it's a dream matchup if you ask me. I I'm I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for this game more so than uh, I think I've ever been since the college football playoff was introduced. Yeah, these are these are the two best teams this year. Uh, no, no question about that. I, I can't wait to see these uh, two squads uh, s- square off here. Uh, right now at the Westgate Superbook, LSU is a six up to a six point favorite over Clemson. That game opened at around three, three and a half. So a, a lot of support for the LSU Tigers. Um, Pam Allen, I, I know that both of you are just got to be just grinning ear to ear. Just so happy that Coach O is finally in this spotlight. Uh, there was an excellent piece on ESPN about how uh, just about the legend of Coach O and how he's eaten 15 pounds of crawfish at one time. And he's he live every day. Uh, he battled the rock. I mean, just a a, a, a tremendous, uh, almost like a folk hero. Yeah, I like Coach O, um, but I, <laughs> what? I also like this Clemson team as well. I mean, Coach O is great, but I do think this is going to be a pretty close game. Uh, the number's at six. If it gets up to six and a half, seven, I, I mean, LSU's lit the world on fire. I think I it's going to come down to see, see if some of these Clemson receivers stay healthy. They were really banged up in that Ohio State game. So if they can stay healthy on the field, I think this is going to be a, an offensive game. And I think Dabo's going to – their defense came out very slow against Ohio State to start the game. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to be ready. Um, and Brett Venable is going to have the team ready to go. I, it's going to be close. I think LSU wins, but I think it's going to be close. What was that? Uh, close. Did you see what LSU did to Oklahoma? Oklahoma's trash. I, Oklahoma's I, I would trash not, on defense especially. I would not call them trash. I would just call them not on the level – of what LSU can do on offense. And I think Clemson is a very good team, but I don't think a very good team can mess with what LSU's doing on offense. I, Joe Burrow could throw for as many touchdowns as he wants against any team with how, how he's playing right now because he has the receivers he has and he has the will he has. I mean, the combination of the talent he gets to play with with – his, I mean, just backyard football mentality, quite frankly, but controlled chaos. It is magic. LSU's going to crush Clemson. I, I hear what you're saying, Alan, but, you know, Clemson, uh, they're on defense. They are no slouch. And, and Brett, Venable, Brett Venables, he's a, a tough guy to out Fox. And I, he got, in, in terms of a coaching matchup, there you, you got to give it to Venables over that thirty-year-old kid. Uh, so, uh, I'm, LSU is going to score points. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, but I feel like Clemson's defense is going to offer offer much more opposition uh, than what Oklahoma or, or was able to. Uh, probably more in, in the realm of what you know LSU did against Auburn. That this uh, and you know, Auburn or. Uh, I believe of Florida, you know, they didn't score tremendous amounts of points. Uh, you know, it's not like they were scoring 50 against those teams. Um, so I, I think from that case, it's going to be a little bit closer than what you're expecting. Clemson's offense, you know, especially, uh, and Pam hit on it here, if these receivers, T. Higgins and Justin Ross, if those guys are healthy, 
I think Clemson can score with LSU. And I've been doing a lot of research on this. It seems like those guys are going to be healthy for this ball game here. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is damn good. This guy is tough to stop. Uh, so, right, assuming those receivers are healthy, I, I would definitely go with Clemson getting getting the the six points. And I'm I'm tempted to pick them to win this game outright. I don't know. I feel like the players on on LSU's defense will rise to the occasion, unlike those those Buckeyes that went into a shell and allowed Trevor Lawrence to have that epic run. He had no business running that far down the field, and they made him look like uh, just the greatest quarterback in the history of big game college football on that one play. It was amazing, but he's not he's not that good on that particular particular play. This is a quarterback that is going to eventually run out of luck, and I think it's going to happen against the LSU defense, who I think people are underestimating. They can make big plays, and I'm telling you, if you can't stop LSU's offense and only hope to contain them, that's no good. You're going to lose. Clemson's going to lose. Cocho's going to raise that crystal ball high for for the state of Louisiana. It's going to be an amazing, amazing post-game celebration. I can't wait. Well, I don't think they have that crystal ball anymore. It's that golden stick. No, he's he's requested the crystal ball. For, he oh, has it. he? Yeah, he's going to give him the crystal ball. I'm going to send him a crystal ball. I want, Why would we get rid of the crystal ball? Isn't it? Yeah, they raise it, and then that's and then what you have in your thing is the golden stick. In Are your you sure? Case. I don't. I thought that the crystal ball was locked up with all the BCS computers. <laughs> it, it is. It's that stupid. <laughs> now it's the stupid gold thing with the black base. They hold it up. It's not as cool. But I'm I'm just hoping that he gets the crystal ball. It, Crystal ball rules. Either way, this is going to be a, a, a fun game. I think LSU is going to win by double digits, but I think it'll be closer for sure than the Oklahoma game. And I'm hoping for not no controversy like the Ohio State game too, Pam. Uh, yeah, it was a little controversial there, but... Um, People were pissed. Be, they were mad. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were pissed. Yeah, yeah. I know. There, there'll probably be one or two calls people disagree with in this one. That just seems to be modern officiating. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. You know, uh, this is the the championship game I've most looked forward to out of all of them. I, I don't think the halftime show will quite meet no. uh, what no we saw last year, but but the game I, I will be much better. Who is the halftime show in this game? Do we even? Know? I, I don't know, but I know it's not going to be as good as, as, as what we saw last year. And and remind everybody who last year was. That was a, a collaborative effort between Imagine Dragons and Lil Wayne. And this year, I'm I'm looking it up right now. It's it it's too. a musical talent lineup for for the for the playoff. You got Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue, Megan Trainer, and Bastille. Nas Nas will also be there. Uh, but okay. Th- this is going on this weekend. I'm trying to see who's going to. Oh, here you go. The tailgate will have Tim McGraw. The Star Spangled Banner will be uh, Lauren Daigle. And uh, you're also going to have. Uh, that's it. You don't have a halftime show announced here. I don't know. It'll be a surprise. 
<laughs> oh man, that's even better. Unannounced. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of artists coming into New Orleans for uh how can you pick against LSU on their home turf? Uh, I I don't think it's as much home turf as what people are making out to be. Are you kidding me? It's the Superdome. It's Louisiana. It, uh, it doesn't get any more home field. Baton Rouge is not far away. I guess I suppose they're used to the humidity. I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be a tremendous game. Uh, can't wait to watch it. Um, and we'll uh, maybe next week we'll debate what happened. We will definitely be debating. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be crowning Tigers champions no matter what. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, and I think that does it for another episode, the first episode of 2020 then. All the the Pitt Panther talk we could get in this week, a national championship previewed, and uh, let's watch this UNC Pitt game now, Pam. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. We'll see you next week, everybody. Hail to you, hail to me, hail to Vincent Pam, and hail to Pitt.